Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. 
Welcome to a fabulous edition of the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast. We've got a great guest coming up here in just a few seconds. Rich Wessenberg is going to be with us. He is going to talk to us about what is fake news. He is a resiliency expert and top-selling author of Treasures of the Believing Heart. We'll talk to him here in a few moments. We've also got Dr. Jack Caravelli going to join us this week. Back from Europe, and uh, he'll chat with us about all sorts of different things. A.K. Patch with Patches of History as well. It is going to be a fun, fun show today here on our big program. First of all, we go to the telephones. Rich Westenberg is with us today. You've seen him on many Christian radio stations across the country. Uh, worldwide Gospel News He's uh, has, has called Treasures of the Believing Heart. It is read of the year and a bestseller. It's consistently ranked in the top 20% users on social media as well. He is also a corporate health care trainer, and he's with us today here on our big program. Now, Rich, um, we hear this term fake news. <laughs> I hear this thing constantly. Uh, my photographer, Bob Hunter, can't stand the term. But uh, <laughs> kind of explain to us, what the hell is fake news, my friend? Well, that is an interesting term, isn't it? And it's <laughs> yes. really come to the fore- yes. forefront of uh, the political realm, and and now it's really kind of stirred the pot on everybody's mind. And so, really, when you break it down, fake news is just a subset of bad news. <laughs> and um, so when you're in that news category and you're looking at fake news, then you can even take it a step further. Is it malicious? Uh, just outright, you know, lie, or is it satire? And um, and then even within that spectrum, I would put in there, you have people who are, you know, basically taking, you know, half facts, uh, different motivations on putting information out there. But it's really a whole discussion, uh, James, of really this fake news that people need to be aware of has been going on since the 90s and has a big history to it to really to understand. We've got Rich Wessenberg with us today. Treasures of the Believing Heart is his latest. And uh, many of us like to share these news stories and uh, some of these different news things on social media with our friends. We share things for different reasons. Perhaps it's an interesting story, news about a celebrity that you like or something that made you laugh. But when you see something you like online, do you check to make sure it's true before you share it? And with us today, top-selling author and social media presence Rich Wessenberg is with us today. Now, uh, there are two main kinds of fake news. What are they? Break this down for us, Rich. Well, like I said, there's just poor reporting, and then there's just malicious, outright lies of information. And, you know, that's kind of a spectrum. And in there, though, you have to tie in that there are outlets that specialize in putting out information today in satire. It's it's played as news, but if you follow their sources and they're really trying to direct you to their website, they'll tell you on their website they're all about satire. And so most people aren't understanding that what they may see, maybe it's on Facebook or, you know, out there in social media, but even in the lines of, of communication online, um, you really have to do some critical thinking and analysis um, to double-check these sources of information. And there's a lot... James, I can I can give your listeners some pointers of what to look for. Yes, g- jump into that. G- give us some details here, Rich. You bet. Um, you know, one of the first things to understand is to really 
the malicious type of uh, fake news, um, they're really trying to play on your emotion. They're trying to um, get you to think uh, and react on your emotions rather than think and react by your brain. And so if for anything, initially, information that's out there and gets you upset, uh, definitely take a step back. Don't start sharing information. Um, I can give you an example. My wife, you know, there was a, a big celebrity, and it's pretty common now, you know, that was reported dead, and she started crying. And, you know, my habit now is to check multiple sources of credible, newsworthy uh, sources. You know, you throw out the big guys out there like CNN or uh uh, you know, CNBC or uh, all the big guys out there. I, I, I check multiple Fox News. I check multiple so- sources before I buy any kind of information, especially when it's something that's on the kind of fringe type of, wow, that's pretty shocking information. Is that really true? And unfortunately, James, that's one of the techniques you have to do. But in addition, most people won't realize for example, um, there are sites that are out there to help you, um, you know, with with big news that's out there, and they may have already checked it out to whether if, if it's if it's fake news or not. Snoops.com is a really great site. I've been using that one. Fact Checker, uh, FactCheck.org, uh, Politic, P-O-L-I-T-I, Fact.com. Um, there's just a lot of resources if you really want to delve into any of your information. Get used to those sites. Uh, where headline news, and there's been a lot of duping games been going on. Even even these sources, uh, we you know, and you look at the political realm, and a lot of this has to do with our top leadership. I mean, in my opinion, anyway, because everything's being broken down, and and really, you know, the comments coming uh, from our head office is, you know, everything is fake news out there, and so it's really stirred the pot. And I think at the end of the day, it's really challenged Americans what is true and, and what's not true. Uh, that's a real challenge for people today. We've got Rich Wessenberg with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, talking fake news. And uh, how exactly can you spot some of these real stories on the Internet? Because, like you said, there, there's, there's a lot of things that you have to do a lot of research on. How can you spot some of the real stories? Well, I think just starting out, just do some fundamentals. Like, scan the headline. The satire sites, you know, they're they're going to throw in, you know, a telltale in there. And you may even have to read the first couple of paragraphs. They may make some erroneous statement, um, and especially when it deals with politicians. And, you know, and, and it'll play on biases, too. And whatever, you know, uh, you know, bias that, you know, one side of a political party, you know, really is fighting against the other, the key is, is to read a couple paragraphs and you'll you'll find it will reveal itself, hey, this is fake news, this is just satire where, you know, how in the heck can somebody have ten arms and ten legs and give birth to aliens? And, you know, this is really, it kind of ties to me in the, you know, these ways to spot news because in the old days, James, when I I was growing up in the 70s, you know, you had Walter Cronkite saying, this is the way it is, you know, and, and, and then you had the Inquirer newspaper. We still have those. I see them at the grocery store. But you knew that they weren't reliable sources of information. Today, there are new websites of fake news coming up every week. And so this is really complicated, especially the Internet, especially Facebook, when all of a sudden things just start to, to grow like viruses, go viral, like we say. And so 
you got to do your due diligence. And I mentioned a couple other things. You want to you want to uh, really get down to who is the author, and if it's an anonymous, that should really uh, <laughs> that should be a lightning strike. That there's something not right here. Um, ex- excessive exclamation points. Uh, capital letters with the spelling. Yes. I, I love, I love all the, uh, exclamation points. Those are fantastic. <laughs> or how about this headline? This is not a hoax. Right yes. there. You yes. Know. Yes. If you, so, if you've got to tell me it's not a hoax, it's a hoax. <laughs> exactly. And so the satire end of this, and there's a lot of big satire sites out there, and that come, brings up to the surface, James, of some of what's really going on. You know, why all this work to put this out there? And this is to bring people to their websites. This is, again, about clicks. It's about dollars. And, you know, the world's most visited website is called the Daily Mail. And so these are satire, fake sites, the Sun. These are U.K. T- tabloids. It's just like the Inquirer. You go by the store, but they're online. And they are just drawing people in. Uh, the Onion, Empire News, Empire Sports, Huslers. I mean, so there's a, there, like I said, there's new ones every week. And a person who's, you know, on the Internet for their information, you're going to have to have a good filter or you're going to get duped pretty easy. Yes, yes. It is a uh, fantastic guest with us today. Rich Wessenberg joins us here in our broadcast. And uh, bring us up to speed on uh, how the book's doing. I know Treasures of the Believing Heart is a fantastic, fantastic read. Oh, thank you, James. Yes, my book is doing very well. I just recently switched uh, publishers. I'm with Palmetto Publishing now. And... um, uh, so I'm very excited working with them. The book is still uh, having a great impact worldwide. I've had people telling me how much uh, it's helping them. But I think, you know, how my book would tie even into this conversation, because treasures represents, in my discussion of my book, our core values. And, you know, the things that we believe become our core values or the treasures of our heart. And so when you look at this fake news and, and how it can really hurt people, when we look at history, even our brief history in our country, you know, uh, War of the Worlds, when it came out in the 50s, and people didn't realize that that was a movie, and they believed it. And people were thinking aliens were, you know, uh, taking over the country. I mean, information is wrapped up in either fact or truth, and people need to become critical thinking in their evaluation of their information because what you believe is going to affect your life. In extreme cases, James, it's unfortunate, but people have lost their lives. And so we get that old term, you never want to cry wolf too much. And so what are you going to believe? And that's the example that's coming up now at the political realm. It's like, what's going to happen if there's a major crisis? Yep, yep. Uh, is it going to be crying wolf, or is this really the deal? And so integrity has been watered down in a sense. And so you see that is critical not only to what we see as a country, but individually we have to guard our hearts and uh, the things that we believe apply critical thinking because those become our treasures of a heart and the emphasis of my book is that's going to affect our outcomes in our lives because it affects our actions and it's going to affect our destiny. It's Rich Wessenberg. He's with us today here in our big broadcast. And as we wrap up, my friend, how do we get a hold of you online, pick up the book, all that? Uh, you can get a hold of my book at, uh, on, uh, it's on, at Barnes & Noble website. If you go to Barnes & Noble and put in Treasures of the Believing Heart, or if you go to Amazon, those are the two sites it's at. You can also go to Palmetto Publishing, 
and their website. I'm also on my Twitter site at, at Rich Westenberg and Facebook. There are links to get my book at those sites also. Well, I appreciate it, my friend, and uh, thanks for coming on and educating us about fake news. I, I hear this term all the time, and I wanted to get you on uh, to, to chat about it. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, James, for having me on. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it, brother. We'll talk soon. Rich Westenberg with us today. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli waiting in the wings, and uh, we will deal with Dr. Jack here in just a few moments. Here is the best three minutes of our election 2016 coverage, and it's here on our world-famous Cheeky Checkwire radio broadcast. Always, always trust a man named after our country. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, let, me, let me go back on my rant, okay? Let me get back on my soapbox. Give me just a second here. Okay, and then I'm going to have Brother Ken tell us about why the Trump train's going to run everybody over. Okay, go. America well, you know, you got you got to jump on the Trump train, or you're going to get run over. I mean, right now <laughs> Trump is uh, leading 137 to 104 in uh, the yeah, electoral vote. First of all, it's electoral. Uh, Let's start saying this correctly, okay? Everybody, <laughs> it's the electoral. Can we, can we can we all start saying this correctly? I'm a real I'm an English Nazi, okay? I want I want people to talk Who's well that? and say things correctly. How many are on the line here? Seventeen. <laughs> We've got about seventeen people in here. Not counting um, you. Israel, Israel, finish your point. Israel, go on. I'll let Ken jump in. Finish your point, Israel. I see where Trump. I see where Trump goes. I see where Trump just beat uh, bitches' ass in her home state of Arkansas. Hey, hey, listen, and, uh, we already have we already have something against he, you. You're the guy who brought Jiggy back to radio. Don't don't pile up. What the hell is going Let on Israel here? Let Israel talk. Let Israel talk. Listen, listen. Israel, go. I'm 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 Am not gonna, gonna religiousize you guys. All right, this kid, but we're letting Israel get point. Go, Israel. I'm not going to religiousize you guys, but I'm going to give you a biblical metaphor, right? It says that you can't put new wine in old wine skins. And the reason why that is is the new wine is too strong, it'll bust, right? That's what's happening yeah. right now, and that's what America's biggest threat is, is because we're still trying to do use old tactics for new problems. If we keep doing yeah. the same thing, we're going to keep getting the same results. So yes. people who are towing these party lines, who are towing these ideologies that are outdated, are going to be obsolete whether they know it or not because, in my opinion, that's just what the universe wants. Again, check my horoscope, said I'm always correct. So I'm not 100%, but I'm about 106% sure of what I'm saying. My point is this. We got to start thinking what's best for common man. A whole cannot, a part cannot harass the whole. For people who don't want to come in and don't want to be a part of a new age that's coming, we're going to be left behind. And that means America, too. We've been blessed yep. up to this point, but that doesn't mean that we won't succumb to the same things that happen to other people. When you have blessings in life, it's your obligation, your duty to do right by those things, not hurt other people. Now, we can say whatever we want to, we can do whatever we want to, but we all know how much money we spend every year on, quote-unquote, defense in the military. The military's been funded more than ever. When do we send our military on a humanitarian, actual humanitarian? That's not their job. 
<laughs> Jay Burnwell says it's not their job, Israel. No, don't they go? In, don't they, wait. They go to Haiti. They and they went to a whole bunch of places and drop off food and stuff, don't they? Jim, That's Jim. Term. Now the Jiggy Jaguar Show on JiggyJaguar.com. There it is. It's world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Twenty-two minutes after the hour. Download our app in both the app stores, JiggyJaguar.us, if you uh, need a direct link to do so. Podcasts, videos, all sorts of things we broadcast live as live can get from JiggyJaguar.com each and every day. Red Nation Rising Radio, WRN, of course our good friends over there at KFRK in Denba, Colorado. KFRK and then As I look at myself on the on the old uh, on the old Manny cams, somebody told me the other day that Manny cam is crap. <laughs> I I had some uh, I had some uh, person. He will rename nameless here. He shall be named nameless. He named names. <laughs> That's an old Seinfeld reference, by the way. He named names. Sprint wants me to get unlimited what? I just got a text from them. Unlimited data tablet. For only $25 a month. Plus $25 and $100 off any iPad. I don't know. It's a hell of a deal. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what is going on. Move up to an iPhone 7 and save $10 a month when you upgrade today. It's easy. I'm not going to move up to an iPad or uh, or, uh, uh, 7, a phone. I'm not going to do that. It's garbage. That that phone is garbage. It doesn't have a... um, it doesn't have a, a headphone port. <laughs> you think I'm going to move to that? Not going to happen. It is the big broadcast. The Democrats and the rise of socialism with young people. That's our topic today. On um, We're also posting this to our YouTube channel. It will be uh, embedded on our website, JiggyJaguar.com. Yes, the rise of socialism with young people. See, I talk about this all the time when I talk about NPR. I mentioned this uh, a, a few few times on this show about NPR and its... Uh, NPR fairly recently, I, and, and I talk about this all the time because it's just so ludicrous and insane. But NPR, National Public Radio, or as um, Frank Cotolo has to say, National Pretentious Radio. NPR had an app 
They still do. It's called NPR One. And, well, NPR, um, NPR created a, uh, they, they, they basically went out and created an app. And much like we created the Jiggy Jaguar app, we created an app. Well, we paid someone to create an app, but we created an app. And you can get everything, uh, social media, videos, podcasts, all the stuff in our app. Okay, NPR did the same thing with their, with their NPR one. They decided to go out and they created this app. Now, this app is user-friendly. It's... I've never actually seen it, but from what I've read, it's user-friendly, it's a great app, all this stuff. So, during the 2016 election, when Bernie Sanders was running for uh, the nomination on the Democratic side, there was a lot of folks that got involved in the Bernie Sanders camp. There's a lot of people that believed in his message, and there's a lot of folks that sort of believe in his version of socialism. Now, how did we get to this? How did we get to this? We well, you know how we got to this? Because college kids can't pay their student loans off. They have huge amounts of student loan debt. And then on top of this, they have these degrees which they should be able to go out and get a decent job, but they can't even get a shift leader position at a McDonald's. Because of this stupid economy and jobs and the people that have the money keep the money and the rich get richer and the poor get poor and all that. Now, people started listening to NPR because they got sick and tired of the Rush Limbaugh's, the Hannity's, the Alex Jones's, all these people. So a lot of the young people started listening to NPR. Okay, NPR has this thing called NPR One. It's a great app. Well, NPR... Um, <laughs> they went out and they created, uh, this app. Well, then the board of, uh, directors, uh, for NPR decided they weren't going to promote the app on radio. <laughs> weren't going to do it. Now, why did they decide not to do it? Because the <laughs> member stations were like, well, you have the app. It'll take away from listening to the local stations. When realistically, they should have embraced this. Well, several months later, they made a deal with iHeartRadio, and they're going to share some of their profits with iHeartRadio and all these things, which I think is just insane and ludicrous. However, young people are starting to realize, you know, maybe the socialism thing ain't that bad. Because the views on this is that they look at the rich guys who have the money and they go, you need to give me your money. I deserve it. 
there's there's two separate ways you can look at this. There's there's the democratic way, which there's there's a democrat progressive way, which is things ought to be an even playing field. We we ought to, you know, the college student with the degree who can't get a shift leader job at McDonald's should be able to be on the same level playing field as the rich guy's son who just got bumped up to CEO and has no experience whatsoever of being CEO. I get all that. But now what's happening is you have these progressives that are, they're not really progressives, because progressives believe it should be an even playing field. You have these weird socialist NPR-type kids that are coming along who are like, well, you know something, the rich guy over here has busted his ass. Or that the rich guy who his dad died and left him some money, I don't care about any of that, but you should give that to me. Because everything needs to be fair. You're kind of missing the point. (laughs) I hate to tell you this, but you're kind of missing the point. I understand that the situation being, there's no way that the educated... Uh, guy from the university, or girl for that matter, can go out and compete with with the rich kid who just got appointed CEO. You're never going to be able to compete with that. But the solution is not to take away half of his money and give it to you. That's like these people that I see. Uh, in fact, a good example of this is when Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton were competing for the Democratic nomination, they did a caucus. They did a uh, a vote in, in Kansas, did a primary or whatever it was. And uh, I'm sure I'm getting this completely technically wrong, but I was sitting in a coffee shop in Salina, Kansas that day, and there was two college kids in there talking. Saturday afternoon, they had just went and caucused or whatever, and one of them was a progressive He was, you know, Bernie's going to make things even. Bernie's going to help us out. Bernie's going to do this. We need to vote Bernie. Bernie, 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 Bernie. And he was part of the feeling the burn, the progressive revolution. Then there was his buddy (laughs) who was sitting there who was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for Bernie to be in there because then I'm going to get free college. And then I'm going to sit around and do nothing and sleep all day and get a college education handed to me. Okay, I got news for you, bud. <laughs> That's not how it works. If if Bernie would have got in there and would have done the free college thing, there would have been checks and balances. You would have had to have a certain grade point average. There would have been things in place, or you would have been... Vamoosed out of there. You would have been sent out on the hooskow, as they say. You'd have been gone. Vamoosed, get the hook. Now, most people, they turn around and they think, well, you know, shouldn't that... You know, for instance, there's... there's, And this kind of is going to get into a different deal here, but... When Mitt Romney was running for the uh, Republican uh, presidential side when he ran in Obama's re-election, 
he went to a dinner party one time and he was quoted as saying, you know, we need to we need to get in there, we need to clean up all these problems and we need to get rid of those kinds of people. And he was talking about various things and the the thing that got out was those kinds of people. And so everybody and their brother immediately went, "Well, he's racist. He's talking about black people." Blah, black people. He wasn't talking about black people. Black people, as uh, Dave Chappelle said on uh, the Chappelle show one time. What was he, beating drum or something? I don't know, something. And he wasn't talking about black people. He was talking about white people, black people, Asian people. He was talking about any kind of people... These, there's these, these, these group of folks who just are inherently frickin' lazy. I'll give you an example. Someone that I know works at a SRS, Department of Children and Families, whatever you want to call them. And there's people all the time that come through the door and they throw onto the, you know, they, they, they get in there and they're like, I want my free stuff. I want my free Obama phone was, is always the thing. I want my free stuff. Okay. So then the people tell them, well, you've got to fill out this form. I'm not doing that. Okay. These are the people that Mitt Romney was talking about. That's what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about the black people, as they said. He's talking about anybody. It could be black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Troubadorian. I don't know what that means. I don't even know what that is. He's talking about the people who are basically just letching off society. See that there are people that will go in and, and this is complete, this is going to get onto a completely different rant here, but we'll just go ahead and go with it. There are people that go in to these, uh, these DCFs or these, these Department of Children and Families or these, these SRS, you know, these, the, 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 what they call welfare offices. And they genuinely, don't have a job. They genuinely cannot feed their family. They genuinely have a hard time, have a problem. And when they get a left up, they don't have any problems afterwards. Well, <laughs> then there's the people who can't even fill out the form for the free phone. Okay, that's where we reel it back to the Democrat, progressive, young people's revolution. There are legitimately young people in this country who can't find a job. They, they want socialism, they want all these things, because they believe that society is unfair against them, and in many cases, they're right. But then there's the kids... That are, pff, I'm going to get my free college education and sleep all day. So I don't know how you cut through the shenanigans and deal with the crap. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. But that's something for a different day. We are going to take a time out 37 minutes after the hour. When we come back, we will chat. 
with A.K. Patch. Patches of history coming up. Today's podcast is brought to you by Amazon. It's really easy to support the Jiggy Jaguar experience before you shop on Amazon. And we all know you do. Go to the website, jagshow.com. Click on the Amazon banner on the homepage. It's that easy. Remember, that's jagshow.com. Click the Amazon banner before you shop. Check out audibletrial.com slash jaguar. For you, the listeners of the Jiggy Jaguar Experience, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Personally, I recommend End of Watch by Stephen King. Check out audible.com. It is amazing. Check out A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. That's audibletrial.com slash J-A-G-U-A-R. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash jaguar. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash jaguar for your free audiobook. Hello, everybody. I'm Kip Marlowe, author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. If you're interested in starting a business, growing your current one, or just need some inspiration, this is the book for you. Learn the secrets of success from entrepreneurs like Arlene Neen, who just started her seventh company at the age of 96. Order it at ecrsuccess.com or at Amazon and learn 22 stories of ordinary people who became wildly successful. It could change your life. Did you know there's an orchid that looks almost exactly like a bee? This is the Creation Moments Minute. Consider the bee orchid. If you look it up in a book or on the internet, you'll see that it has a flower that looks just like a female bee. The purpose here is to attract male bees to a position that will load them with pollen. How can it be scientific to suggest that a plant purposely restructured itself to fool bees into pollinating it? God has purposely made it impossible to explain the creation without Him. He did this not simply so that we would see that He is real. His purpose is much greater. God seeks a personal relationship with you and has made that possible through the saving work of His Son, Jesus Christ, for us. It is to Christ that He would ultimately draw our attention. For Creation Moments Minute, I'm Darren Marlar. The Jiggy Jaguar Show on JiggyJaguar.com. Okay. <laughs> I wonder what the hell that was all about there. The Miami Mix Show. Deep House. What is Deep House? Can anybody explain what Deep House is to me? If you can, send me an email. JiggyJaguar at JiggyJaguar.com or on the Twitter. J-I-G-G-Y, J-A-G-U-A-R. 
A.K. Patch will join us here in a few moments. Patches of history. Yes, indeed. The great patches of history. And, uh... What the hell was I doing? Oh. I don't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> That's a hell of a deal today. Check out our website, JiggyJaguar.com. That is the best spot to uh, be entertained uh, by us. Uh, each and every day we have uh, different uh, posts and comments and various things posted over there. We have posted Rich Wessenberg's interview, if you missed it earlier, or as always, if you came in late. I always love folksy stuff like that. If you came in late. That's an old Bill O'Reilly term. We are going to go to Patches of History here in a few seconds with our good friend A.K. Patch. And uh, if you want to get more information, check out JiggyJaguar.com. We have all of Patches of History's uh, articles over there. So, um, and I believe we have either Dr. Jack Caravelli or Patches of History on the line. Let's go to the phones and see which one it is. We'll see who's behind door number one. <laughs> go ahead and, uh, are you there, my friend? I don't believe he's there. Okay. Well, then we will do this. We will call AK Patch and see what's going on. <laughs> We're trying to call him about the time that he's trying to call us, which is always a fun one. He'll try to call us again, and we'll patch him through. Literally. We'll patch, patch through. That's always a fun one. 43 minutes after the hour, it is the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Coast-to-coast, boat-to-boat, tune-in, iTunes, radio loyalty. Stitcher and our brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store. JiggyJaguar.us if you want to stream the show live, 24-7 replay. Exclusive news and programming information all available on our fantastic app. And I think we may be joined here in a few seconds by AK Patch. How are you, sir? Is this Jiggy? Yes, this is Jiggy. Sorry about that. We got our lines crossed. Hey, Jiggy, uh, let's skip question number three and four, okay? <laughs> okay, we can do that. We've got uh, we've got our good friend, Mr. A.K. Patch, with us today here on our big broadcast. And Patches of History is uh, what we're talking about today. And, uh, and A.K., there, there, uh, a lot of folks uh, listen to the broadcast. They love your books. Um Tell us about the books so far. How, how, how are they doing, and uh, uh, any news on them? Oh, yeah, Jiggy, uh, thanks uh, for uh, relaying that to me. Yeah, the books are doing great. I have the first and second book out, and the third book is being written right now. And, you know, this story is, you know, it, it's part adventure, and, uh, of course, there's a lot of history involved, but it, but it is past, present, and future in in. The, the, you know, the basis of this story is that it's this professional couple, these two professors, and they're being tasked with the preservation of Western civilization. 
And so that's what they're being trained to do. They're, they're kind of being sent through a gauntlet to, to learn the lessons of history firsthand. But that's their mission. Their mission is to help save Western civilization. And, and in the end, what they're going to find out is what they're willing to fight for and maybe what they're willing to die for. And, and, and in the end, really, how much they mean to each other. So um, there's, there's a broad scope here of, of what this story includes. And I'm writing the third book now. And having a great time doing it. It's intriguing to me, and I hope it's entertaining for my readers. Yes, it is. A.K. Patch with us today. AKPatchAuthor.com is the website. Beware or celebrate the Ides of March. And uh, this month calendar marked the celebration of St. Patrick's Day and the foreboding day of March 15th. The Ides of March, made famous by Roman history and by Shakespeare in the tragedy Julius Caesar, while the line, Beware the Ides of March, is now part of our lexicon. The implications of the day have changed. That Christian calendar on your desk or on your iPhone has had some changes since the demise of Julius. And historian Alan K. Patch is here to talk patches of history. Who influenced our calendar and whether we need to beware the Ides of March? And, uh... First of all, my friend, talk to us about the Ides of March and what the importance of the day is. Well, uh, you know, the Ides of March was last week around March 15th. And, yes. You know, we just want to talk about it a little bit because it does have significance in history and also has significance for our calendar. So the, uh, the Ides of March is March 15th, which is in the middle of the month, and it has to do also with, um, with Julius Caesar because... Julius Caesar was assassinated on that day in 44 B.C., and that was a, a, a significant date in Roman history uh, because when he was assassinated by the Roman senators, they thought he had too much power. And so they were trying to preserve what they thought was the Roman Republic, which had been in, had been in, um, in Rome for about four or 500 years. And so they thought that they were saving the Republic, but by assassinating him, they started a civil war, Jiggy. And then at the end, they were all killed, and then the Emperor Augustus came in, who was Caesar's nephew, and the Roman Republic was no more afterwards. So in the end, they pretty much destroyed the Roman Republic. Wow. Holy That's smokes. <laughs> Holy smokes, I did not know that. It is uh, Patches of History with us today. A.K. Patch joins us here on our broadcast. Check out akpatchauthor.com. And Alan K. Patch joins us from San Diego, California today to talk Beware or Celebrate the Ides of March. So what is the significance of... Uh, this whole March 15th, this Ides of March thing, I know that you kind of gave us a little bit of details there, but expand on those details for us. Well, here, here it is. In, in the old Roman calendar, uh, the Ides of March is the middle of, of the month, which is the Ides is the middle of the month. The Ides of March is the middle of March. But it was important because that was the, that was the Roman New Year. In other words, the first day of the year was March 15th. And that was the first full moon of the year, so it was significant in that manner, too. So think of it this way, that was the Roman New Year, and that's why it was an important date. We've got A.K. Patch with us today, Patches of History. Today, here on our big broadcast, coast-to-coast coast and border-to-border border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, iHeartRadio as well today, and AMFM247.com. Alan K. Patches with us today, and of course, Patches at Delphi, and Delphi's Chosen are available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at www.akpatchauthor.com. Now, um, 
there's there's a lot of things to do with the calendar. How, how is the calendar different from when the Roman calendar and, and Caesar? And, and, and Tell us a little bit about some of the different calendar changes over the years. Well, you know, uh, calendars uh, can, can be complicated, but this is very, it's, it's simply put as this. The old Roman calendar had ten months. And so, you know, it, it, it didn't have the twelve months that we have now. And so it was based on, on a, different, a different set of months. They each had their own name, you know, sometimes named after the gods or whatever. But there was only ten months in the old Roman calendar. Oh, really? How did we, uh, how did we add more months there, Patch? Well, you know, it, has, it goes back to Julius Caesar, and that's why we're discussing him, too. He, he had significance not only because he was assassinated on, on the Ides March, but also because he changed the calendar, and that's called the Julian calendar. And what he did was he added 10 days to the year. Now, he probably went and uh, consulted with astrologers and astronomers, anyway, anyway, his scientists at the time, and he decided to add 10 days to the calendar. As I said, the old calendar only had 10 months, but by adding 10 days, they eventually ended up having 12 months. Now, it, it, the old festival that they had on uh, New Year's Day in, in Old Rome, they would dress up a man in, an, an old man in animal skins, Jiggy, and then they would, they would whack him with sticks and drive him out of town, almost symbolically like driving out the old year to bring in the new year. <laughs> so just don't get caught with animal skins on New Year's Day, Jiggy. <laughs> it is. A.K. Patch is with us today. A.K. Patch has got a website. Check out akpatchauthor.com. And Alan Patch's fast-paced adventure novels bring history to life in the Delphi series. And uh, get more information, akpatchauthor.com. Now, um, when, when did this calendar begin? Was, was it January? When, when, when did this start? Well, that's what he did. Uh, you know, it's a significant, uh, when Caesar changed his calendar from 10 months and he added the 10 days, and then he added a, le- a leap day every fourth year, all of a sudden the New Year's changed from March 15th to January 1st. So that's why when you look in your calendar now, a New Year's is on January 1st. He is, so he's the cause of that. So uh, it's funny, you know, from 40, 44 B.C., maybe a little bit before that till now, that's how the calendar was changed, and that's why we have New Year's Day on January 1st. So, you know, it, it was a significant event. I mean, think about it. The festivals are all planned for March, for March 15th, which is New Year's, and now they've gone and changed it to January 1st. You know, there's probably quite a few people who are confused or upset or <laughs> who knows, or maybe they just got a second holiday and they were completely happy, Jay. <laughs> Alan K. Patch with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Now, what other changes were made by Caesar to the calendar? Well, essentially, that was what the story. That was the story. He he changed it from ten months to twelve months. He changed New Year's from March fifteenth to January first. He added a leap day, so that that's why we have leap year. And uh, it was all uh, calculated. I mean, they 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 were pretty smart in those days too. I mean, they could figure out the calendar and, and the lunar and the, the lunar cycles of the moon. And uh, you know, it's it's kind of incredible that they had all this. Uh, set up back then, and it's lasted till today. It's changed slightly since then, but not much. They, you know, they they look scientifically at the at time and calendars, but it's all pretty much the same as the Julian calendar. 
akpatchauthor.com is the website. Alan K. Patch with us today. Joins us live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border. Tune in, iTunes, Radio Loyalty. Now, why was Caesar so unpopular if he did all these things with the calendar and everything else? Well, you know, he was actually very popular with the people. He was considered, in a way, a reformer. And so he was, um, he brought, uh, he conquered Gaul, he was very successfully militarily, and at a certain point there were three leaders of Rome. There was, there was Caesar, and there was Pompey and Crassus, and Crassus got so greedy, he took his army into Persia, to, you know, to get, to get gold and other things, and they caught him and killed him. They poured gold down his throat to get rid of him. And uh, so that left Pompey and Caesar, and Pompey and Caesar started to, started to compete against each other to be who was going to be sort of like the first man of Rome, you know, the, the leader. And they had a civil war, and finally they killed Pompey. Now, um, I mean, they had a battle, but uh, Pompey was escaping, and he got killed in Egypt. And so it's kind of, a, it's kind of terrible that that occurred because that left Caesar kind of in charge, and then they made him dictator. And dictator oh. had kind of a bad, turn, you know, sort of a bad name assigned yes, with it, but they were going to yes, make him indeed. dictator for life. And the Roman senators, including Brutus, they decided that that was too much power for any one person to have. Now, a lot of people think, where, where was he killed? I mean, what happened to him? I went to Rome a couple years ago, and I was looking to find the site where he was assassinated. This is what I had to do, Jig. I had to go to a restaurant go to the man at the, at the, at, at the inside, the, the maitre d' guy, and, and talk to him and kind of signal in Italian and English, you know, where did a Caesar get assassinated? And he says, you've got to go downstairs. So you go downstairs in his restaurant, and then you go downstairs, and that's where Pompey's theater is. Pompey built this huge theater um, uh, as sort of, uh, you know, when he came back from a, a campaign and he spent a lot of money, he built just an absolutely beautiful theater. But, but the new Rome is built on the old Rome. You have to go down the stairs to this restaurant, down into the bowels of this of, of uh, where the old Rome was, and that's part of Pompey's theater. And in that area is where Caesar was assassinated in 44 BC by all the other senators. They stabbed him 23 times um, and uh, started a civil war. Amazing, amazing. Alan K. Patch with us today. He joins us live here in our big broadcast and. Uh, uh, before we let you go, my friend, uh, when is when is the next book coming out? Uh, well, we're probably going to give it about another four or five months, and uh, we should have it all set. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's coming along well. I'm very happy, and uh, I look forward to getting out for uh, my readers. So, I would invite uh, any 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 listeners to go to the website akpatchauthor.com and take a look, and and uh, hope to. Uh, engage you in this uh, roller coaster ride through history and and the present and the future with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.